it's time for the Catalyst Midweek Podcast, where we continue the conversation from this past week's message. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Midweek Podcast, where we are continuing the conversation from this past week's sermon. I'm Rob. I'm the youth minister here at Catalyst, and I'm with John Kelly, our discipleship minister. Uh, Dave uh, preached on Sunday, and his main thing was this. Salvation is found in the tension between the supremacy of God and the free will of people. John, what, what do you think about... Dave, Dave hasn't preached in the past month. Me and you kind of held down the fort for all of July, so he well, came he back. said he wanted some quality preaching for a month, so he asked us to step in and realize that probably wasn't the best. I think move. that's exactly what he um, said. You know, but uh, no, I, I thought I like I said I couldn't I couldn't be here on Sunday. I was actually yeah. out of town. I was on vacation, and uh, so I didn't get a chance to be here live for the message. But I did get the opportunity to listen to it online, and it's pretty obvious Dave was pretty fired up about getting to preach again. Yeah, I even talked about there at the beginning that. Uh, that's the first time he's preached in a month, and he's never taken five weeks off to preach before. He said it's the longest since he started ministry that he hasn't preached or taught in, in general, I guess. And you know what that means, right? What? He talks too much. Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got in front of the whole church and said that he's preaching, so he finally has to work again. That's everybody, true. Everybody That's thought true. that was funny. Everybody knows when Dave's not preaching, he's not working. Exactly. Exactly. Oh no! The main thing is we got found. Uh, before we even get to the main thing, I'm really excited about this this series as a whole. Uh, just love the idea of this idea that there's a tension um, between a lot of of subjects we read in the Bible where we think, well, it's one or the other, but we don't realize that it actually is somewhere in between. Yeah. And uh, I love this this theme that he's going with for the whole month, and this week this idea that. God is our king, but he's also our friend. Yes. Yeah. And people really struggle with with doing that and putting those together. Um, what, what was your thought just on this idea that we can be friends with God, but God's also our king? Yeah. I, I, I like it because everybody grows up different. You know, everybody, Catalyst has only been around for 11 years. And we have a collective of people who grew up very conservative, people who didn't go to church, uh, people who left church, came back, and everybody has this different view of who God is. And it all depends on who kind of discipled them and who kind of shared Christ with them because you kind of you do really take upon the teaching and the form of the person who taught you. So... Uh, whoever your mentor was or is, that's who you're going to be like. And it's crazy to see just the different beliefs of people. And I love this series because we're kind of addressing that, where there is this massive tension between people groups of, no, it's, it's all about obedience and faithfulness. And it's like, well, no, we have a lot of free will in that. And there's this massive tension in between and somewhere in between, uh, Dave brings up the argument that that's the sweet spot. That's where we need to be. We don't need to be ultra either way. I agree with that totally. I mean, you look at Jesus and the disciples, and there's a perfect example of what that was supposed to look like. Yeah, because Jesus was, was their friend. Yeah. But he was their rabbi. Yeah. You but know, he was, was also around the conservative side, too, and he did not appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, not conservative, the, the 
just like um, complete, what is the word I'm, I'm trying to think of? Uh, the Jewish leaders were just stringent. Stri- strict. Yeah, stringent, strict. stringent. That's a good one. Yeah, Jesus, the whole, the whole concept of how he discipled mm-hmm. was based on not just the authority, but also that friendship, yeah. that kinship that he had with them. Um, he really walked every day with his disciples for three years. I mean, you think about that. Can you think of 12 guys you'd want to hang out with every single day for 12 years? No, 12 years. Three years? Three years. Yeah, 12 yeah. guys for three years. That's three what I meant. <laughs> yeah, still, that's hard. This is just proof that we record live. That's true. That's what that is. That's hard, though, because, I mean, I can even think, you know, living in a dorm, and eventually you would get in arguments with your roommate. Yeah, you, there's just, there's always going to be... Um, tension. So, tension, yeah. It's about, yeah, tension. And... Uh, I just can't imagine just the patience that Jesus had to have to be able to do that, but yet he embraced it. Yeah. He really embraced it. And that, to me, just that's the perfect example uh, of this whole concept of uh, God is not just our king, but he's also our friend. Yeah. You know, Dave went into talking about um, two different extremes, the extreme of Calvinism or, or Reformed theology and uh the ideas of Arminianism and free will. Um, what were your takeaways from from that whole section of his message? Yeah, so he, he went on two opposite sides of the spectrum. You have the uh, Calvinism people or group of people who just believe that we have no say. It's almost like there's no free will, and God's the ultimate ruler, which he is, um, but he just kind of picks and chooses who he wants to go to heaven, uh, just in a small that's just kind of what it is and then you got the other side who's just free will it's like he's just kind of our friend you know we can kind of do what our we want and jesus loves us and jesus died for us so we don't really have to worry about anything the bible was written about me yeah the bible's written about me uh so there's there's groups of people that we are around all the time that are on both sides yes we have churches in our town where you see some that are, that lean maybe more towards the Calvinism side, and you have some churches that are really lean heavy towards the Jesus loves you, um, and that's all they that's all they teach. Um, so it's it's cool that here at Catalyst, we're like, okay, well, where where are we? And I think a lot of people are going to appreciate that by the end of all the different things we're going to talk about. Well, yeah, and, and I like what, what Dave said with the with the idea that if you believe that only the elect are going to get to heaven, then what's the point of the Great Commission? You know, yeah. what, why why even do it? What's you know, point? and if everything's already set in place, um, why does it matter how you live? Yeah. Because if you're predetermined... Then it doesn't matter what you do, you're still going to go there. Yeah, you you just kind of hang out. And uh, in the on the other end, it, it just kind of makes God your buddy. Yeah, you know, almost like he doesn't really have a lot of authority. But man, isn't he nice? Yeah, you know, and, and neither one of those are good. No, neither one of those are good. And so that tension has to be there. You have to you have to pull away from both sides to some degree to really find that common ground in the middle. 
Um, you know, one of the things that I like Dave talked about was just how, um, especially on the on the overly grace side, is just how, it, and even even your mainline churches today struggle with this, this idea that God is supreme for the most part. Not that God's part. not supreme, but just for the most part. Yeah. You know, but, you know, when it comes to certain things in my life, I'm in charge. Yeah. You know, and, Absolutely. and you know, given today's political tensions that we're dealing with, which yeah. they're stupid right now. Like, yes. The political tension in America is just flat out stupid. It's people, been stupid for a while. People need to all sit down, grab like one of those push pops, push pops. hang out, and just chill for a little bit. You know, like yeah. we're all on the same team, at least we're supposed to be. Yeah. And let's let's quit fighting over stupid stuff. But it seems like that's kind of the culture we're in is that everybody is sitting around and wanting to fight all the time. And uh, but, you know, he made the comment. He goes, and yes. God is supreme over the president. Yeah. And I would dare say on both sides of the fence, when our last president was in office and when our current president is in office, there are people that felt like they were the ultimate authority and that everything they said was gospel. Yeah. And there's some danger in that, some real danger. And if you don't see God as supreme, you start putting your trust and your hope and your uh, desires in those people instead of God. Yeah. And I, there's a real danger in that. I think this idea that God is supreme in everything, he ranks higher. People got to get that back. We've got to get that back in our lives. We've got to think like that more. Yeah, I agree. I It really scares me on how the seeker-sensitive movements of the uh, 80s and 90s, yeah. mid-90s, uh, just the impact that that had on a generation of, of churchgoers where this kind of free-to-do-whatever-you-want mentality just be, just reigned completely full. But it was weird because you also had this other side that kind of popped up all of a sudden. And that other side did really well during that time, too, because it's almost like a pendulum swing. You know, it's like yeah. you have one side and then the other side, and then you have some people that are like, well, I don't like that. So I'm just going to swing completely to the other side. And then everyone in the middle are like these annoying, pestering, lukewarm people that you're like, well, why don't you pick a side? It's like, well, you don't have to. That's, that's not what God, God calls us to do. God right. calls us to follow him. He doesn't call us to think how, what we're going to get out of it first. You know, why do we have to have a me mentality with this? It's not what we're going to get. It's, oh, you're, we're going to follow Jesus wherever he is, not where our government's going, mm -hmm. not where people are going, not what celebrities say is right or wrong, not what social norms are. It's, we need to go to all the world and make disciples. We need to tell people about Jesus. We need to baptize people, not worry about all of these doctrinal issues that come up all the time not even that just opinion we need to get yeah. opinions and yeah. them out of the way because especially in the church i mean we all have opinions on what we like and don't oh, like absolutely but you know what matters not our opinions yeah they just don't matter and and yet we hold our opinions up a lot of times our gospel truth 
Yeah. You know, one of the things that I really, um, I thought that Dave said, and I wish I could have been on stage and looked out at the eyes of the people when he said it, but when Dave got on stage and said, God is not the ruler of this world. Yeah. I wish I could have seen people's faces. Yeah. Because for so many people, you know, Twyla Paris was this singer back in the 90s. And she wrote this song, God is in control. Yeah. And and it was this idea that, you know, it, it had its roots in, in Scripture. And, yeah, God is in control, but we always forget that Satan is the ruler of this, this earth. world, though. yeah. This is, this is his place. Uh, that's why we're told not to love the world. Yeah. Because this world is not God's. This world is actually Satan's. And that's just a really hard concept for people to take. Because in, in order to do that, one, they, they think that means that God doesn't have power. Yeah. We know that's not true. But two, that also means you can't blame God for everything all the time. Yes. And everybody wants to blame God for everything. That's easy. You know, one of the scriptures that Dave used was, uh, you know, uh, the devil led him to a high place and showed him in an instant all of the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will be yours. Yeah. That was Satan talking to Jesus. Jesus, yeah. Satan talking to the son of the creator of the universe saying, I will give you this authority. Yeah. I think people float over that when they're reading it. They just kind of bypass that and don't really think about it. But when you think about that, that's that's 2,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And he was the ruler of this world back then. Why? How have we missed this? How have we gotten to a point where we don't realize that Satan's the guy who's in charge down here? Yeah. I I think people think here and now, you know, we're taught to always think of eternity first. Yeah, God is in control in eternity. He has our, He is in control of whether we go to heaven or hell. But people think, oh, he's in control, then that means he's going to give me what I want. He's not Santa Claus. He's not Santa Claus. Dave, I think Dave said that on stage, talked about how yep. he's just going to give you whatever you want. And we always forget that it is not our will, but his will. And it's what he wants. And if you desire to get whatever you want, you'll just live a life of disappointment. Yep. And there's no freedom in that. Yep. I think the biggest thing about God, the freedom that we get from, from God's love is the fact that we don't have to worry about what we want because we'll ultimately get the greatest thing ever, which is going to heaven. And people put these burdens on themselves by looking to the world and saying, look, if God loves me, yep. then he's going to stop these bad things from happening. If God loves me, I'm going to get this thing or this car or get into this college or I'm going to marry this person and I'm going to have this amount of kids and I'm not going to have any troubles whatsoever. It, it comes back to the whole idea of delayed gratification. Yeah. And I have a one-year-old and two-year-old, mm-hmm. and they have no concept of delayed gratification. No. They don't understand. You have to eat your pork chops yes. and your green beans, and then you're going to get your dessert. Yeah. 
They want the dessert now, and they will scream and yell and whine and complain because they want it now. It, it's amazing how many adults are like that with God. Yeah. You know, it's I want all of your glory and all of your riches and all of your all of your greatness now. Yep. And I'm not willing to wait till heaven. I know. I'm just not willing to do it. And a lot of it just comes down to our scope. We don't have a good scope of of where we are. We see our lives as this long, drawn-out experience when, in the grand scheme of things, as the Bible says, it's a vapor. Mm-hmm. It's here and it's gone. Yeah. But because we don't see that, we think that this is this long, drawn-out period and we just... We're so devastated because we want it all right now. Yeah. And we become toddlers. Yeah. And we scream and yell and we get mad when we don't get what we want. Yeah. And then what happens in the end is we don't get what we want anyways. We get punished because we acted like toddlers. Yeah. When my children don't do what they're supposed to do, I do not reward them. No. I reward them when they do what they're supposed to do. And uh, it's a shame that people don't understand the finite nature of the world that we live in. Yeah. And that it really isn't here that long. And what we're going through right now really is a small amount of time. Yeah. And, and the people like toddlers, um, like if a toddler is learning how to walk. Which is funny to watch, by the way. Which is, yeah. I'm right in the middle of that. My son is the clumsiest little stumbling creature you've ever seen in your life. That's great. He has face planted more times in my living room <laughs> than I've seen in any blooper video on YouTube. Like, it's hilarious. But the thing about that is they will get up and start walking and fall down. And a week later, they'll get up and walk further, and then they'll fall down. Or even an hour later. Or even an hour later. And the reason is because every single time they're learning something new. Um, and they're not looking to the parents necessarily and getting super frustrated. They're not, every time they fall down, he, he might get, like if he gets scared or if he hurts, then he wants his parents. But I've seen your son. He gets right back up and he starts going. He'll fall down, he'll get back up, and he'll start going. Every time. Every single time. And for some reason, once we become adults, we forget that whenever we fail, that we're going to learn something from it. Not saying God wants you to be hurt, wants you to hurt, or wants you to fail, but instead of us saying, "Okay, well, this has been put in our life. Maybe we just need to make something good out of it, and maybe we can give God glory through it," we start whining and we blame God for it. When we forget who's the real ruler of this world, the person that is wants us to die. The person that wants us to feel pain is winning because every time we fail, we blame God instead of the person that actually made it happen. Well, I mean, and to continue with this whole concept, um, whoever raises us is who we love. Yes. That's who we love. We love who raises us because they're the one that provide our needs. Yeah. They're the ones that make sure that we have a roof to sleep under, that we have clothes to wear. Yeah. And if that person wasn't providing that for us or we didn't think they were providing that for us, our love would dwindle. And it's amazing how many people don't rely on God to provide for them. And because they don't do that, obviously they're not going to love him because they don't see him as the person who provides I know the one who makes sure that they are able to, to live a real honest 
life. Um, it, it's kind of crazy. Like, I, I watch so many kids who grow up in church, and then they get into the world, and suddenly they quit depending on God, and they depend on themselves, and they can't figure out why they're depressed, why nothing seems to make them happy. Because instead of depending on their father, they're depending on themselves. Yep. And, it, and, you know, Dave's last, or one of Dave's last points was, we must choose to follow Christ of our own free will. And there's nothing truer. I hear all the time, like, well, if God predestined, then aren't we just robots? Yeah. And, and if God already knows what's going to happen, then how do we really love him? Aren't we forced to love him? Yeah. And truthfully, no, we're not forced to love him. And God only wants people to be with him who choose to love him. Yeah. And who choose to call him father. Yep. He wants that true love, that sacrificial love that he first gave us. He wants that in return as well. Because he, I think he was the perfect example of what love is. Therefore, we need to, it says, I'm holy, therefore, you should be holy. Saying, look, follow my example. Like, if, I'm, if I do something, you should do it also. And this love that he wants is not something that we want to necessarily give him all the time. And we, I hear that statement all the time of people saying, well, he's just going to do what he wants anyways. Why the heck do I have to love him? Like he, he's, the, he's in control, you know, and I always bring up, everybody has experienced the love of an animal at some point, like a dog running up to you, whether you have an animal or not. I really hope everybody's experienced that. If not, you need to go experience a dog running up to you and being super excited. And I always tell my students, what if you forced that dog to love you? You know, when it's like tired and it doesn't want to be around you, you go and you hug it and it's like trying to squirm away. It's like you're showing it love, but do you really like that? And they're like, no, I, I don't like that. I said, but when you walk in that door and it runs to you and it like desires to see you, I bet you that feels a lot better. I was like, and that's the type of love that God wants from us. He doesn't want this like thumb down, like, no, you will love me. It's like, no, he wants that free will chosen love that we all want, even with our friends and family. Well, and have you ever been in a group of people where there are people in that group that don't like you? Yes. yes. Is that fun? No. Is that enjoyable? Do you desire to go back and hang out with that group of people again? No, you can feel it. It's miserable. Yeah. Why? I guess this is one of the things that always cracks me up when people say, well, God's going to send me to hell. Well, no, he's not, actually. Your unwillingness to love him is sending yourself there. Yeah. Because why would God want to spend eternity with a bunch of people that don't love him? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. You know, I think we overrate the fire aspect of hell. Uh, I'm not saying that there's not fire in hell, but I think the bigger thing about hell is that people who said they don't want God finally get their wish. Yeah. But when you pull God out of the equation, now there's no love, there's yeah. no grace, there's no forgiveness. Yeah. There's no caring, there's no happiness. You remove all that is good and all that is left yeah. is pure evil. Yeah. And that is what makes hell miserable. Yeah. You are now incapable to love or be loved. You are now incapable to find happiness Mm-hmm. You only experience evil. Yeah. Whereas heaven is the complete opposite. It's the full presence of God. Yeah. And uh, why would God want to spend eternity with people who don't want that? I know. 
that that really comes down to it, and it kind of feeds into Dave's last uh, last point, which was we must live lives worthy of the grace we have received. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Living a life of being grateful is the perfect example of being a Christian. Um, when somebody looks at you and you just live a grateful life, they'll notice that you're different. They'll notice that there's something way different than you, and why are you acting that way? Like when things don't go right and you still act a certain way because if something bad happens to you, you should react in a poor manner. But if you react in a positive manner and you're still grateful for your life, people are like, what is wrong with you, man? Like, why aren't you blowing up and why aren't you throwing steam everywhere and why aren't you fighting and cursing? It's like, well, no, I'm grateful. There's something much bigger than just this issue. And I, people who live a life of grateful life, man, I want to be around those people. Like, I can't get enough of those people. And you, you can tell, like, in the first, like, 10 seconds who those people are. Well, when people are thankful, they're happier. Yeah. Because they understand where they were and where they are. Yeah. And that, that alone just makes them more desirable to be around. Yeah. Someone who has that grateful, thankful nature, mm-hmm. that's, like you said, that's the kind of person I want to spend my time with. Oh, yeah. I, I think people in America, especially America, I can't speak for too many people outside of America because I haven't spent significant time with, with people outside of America. Um, but America has a really bad problem with giving and receiving. Um, people always have a hard time, especially with, with receiving. They think be, because something happened to them, they have to do something. And it's like, no, why don't you just be grateful? Like whenever you're grateful for, the, for receiving something, that makes the person that gave it to you feel better. Like nothing's worse than when you give a gift and then you find out that person hated it. Or they tell you they won't accept it. Y- yes, or that. I, have the, I, have, that's, I don't know if that's ever happened to me. But I can imagine that would feel horrible. Well, I when I first got into ministry, my dad sat me down mm-hmm. and he said, "Listen, you're going to an internship. This was the summer before my summer internship yeah. in Valparaiso, Indiana." And my dad sat me down. He said, "People are going to slide you money to say thank you for the work you're doing because you're going to get paid squat while you're there." He said, "Your first inclination is going to be, I can't accept this. Yeah. Don't ever do that." Yep. Because those people, that's how they show love. That's how they show their gratitude for the work that you're doing. And it's how they see themselves helping serve God yeah. is by providing for ministers who don't make a lot of money. Yeah. He said, it's not greedy when someone offers it to you. Yeah. He said, don't you ever ask people for money. Yeah, don't do that. Ever. But if someone offers it with no strings attached, just out of the goodness of their heart, you always accept it and say thank you because that may be the first time they've ever tried to be giving and selfless. Yeah. And if the first time they ever try to be giving and selfless, you say no, yeah. you just destroyed them. I know. He, and so my dad was big on that. He, he, was, he was big on it. He said there were several people that he didn't accept gifts from when he was in ministry when he was younger. They would never talk to him again. Yeah. And, it, and, it and order- he thought he was doing something nice. <laughs> yeah. I know, and and everybody has that that desire to like. No, I don't really need that. Like, you don't, you feel bad if you accept something sometimes. Yeah, 
And but you will never be grateful if you never accept. And Jesus or God gave us the greatest gift ever. And if you do not accept that gift, you will never fully experience being grateful for your life. You'll never get to experience all the riches of that gift. Yes. I mean, that alone. I mean, God's grace is unreal when you think about it. It God's grace is unreal. And the fact that he was willing to offer his son for us. Yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's insane. And... I I really wish that everybody would freely choose that. It's no it's yeah, I think there is obedience and faithfulness that come along with it, but that's just something that comes naturally once you accept it. People is like, "Oh yeah, but if I accept Jesus, then I got to do this and that. I got to act differently." It's like well, you just naturally do it. It's not something that it it just comes naturally once you receive the Holy Spirit. Well, and I think you have to have a good understanding of this whole idea yes. of he's the king, yes. but he's still my friend. Yeah. And when you, can, when you can see him in that light, that this is the almighty creator of the universe who is supreme over everything, yeah. yet he wants to individually know me. Yep. When you can comprehend that, when you can understand, it's not one or the other. He's not my buddy. He's my king. Yes. But the king is my friend. Yes. It becomes much easier to love him. Yes. So this is great, man. Back in the saddle again. It's been a while since you and I got to do this together. We get to do this for the next six weeks, I think. Yeah, I don't think I preach again until September. Yeah, I preach in September, too. We take two weeks out of his September again. Yeah, I know. We're going (laughs) to, we just keep buttoning in on all of his stuff. He's going to have to get over it. I had to be all right. But uh, thank you for tuning in today and listening to the Catalyst Midweek Podcast. Uh, If this is your first time hearing us, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so that you can get those downloads every time a new one of these videos drops. We'd love to continue the conversation with you every single week. These videos come out every single Wednesday morning as we continue the conversation from Sunday's sermon. So for Rob Harlemert, our youth minister, and myself, John Kelly, have a great week.